Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Corinth was a cesspool of bad theology. It included a hodgepodge of ideas about life after death. To the people who needed to have their understanding of the resurrection of Jesus and their own future resurrection tweaked to match what is according to the scriptures, Paul wrote this spectacular chapter. The credibility of Jesus would be ruined if he did not rise from the dead. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he faithfully teaches today's portion of this week's message entitled, What If There Is No Resurrection? Anybody that tells you that you can have your very best life now is somebody who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't know the Bible. Because we live in this life now, willing to suffer, willing to sacrifice, willing to serve, because there is something better. But you'd be most pitied if you think that it's just here. You're foolish, you're deceitful, you're doomed. But, but what if there is resurrection from the dead? Well, then that means that Jesus is everything He claimed to be, that everything He said is true, There's no logical choice other than to make an unreserved commitment to follow Him. It's like He said to the people who were wavering about following Him. Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Lord means master. Why would you say I'm the master and not do what I say? You You see the sequence? If there is no resurrection, Jesus didn't rise from the dead. But if Jesus rose from the dead, then Jesus is Lord. And if Jesus is Lord, He's the Master. What does that make you? And what should you do in response to Him? Jesus was not talking about mystical wishes and spiritual hocus-pocus when He said those words in John 5, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs, every person who has ever lived and died, All who are in the tombs will hear His voice and will come forth, those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. Paul went on after his time in Corinth and after he'd written this book and uh, finished that third missionary journey that we're reading about in Acts chapter 20, and he landed in a prison in Rome, and from there he spelled it out this way. This is only about... 10 or 12 verses after the ones we read in Philippians about to live as Christ and to die as gain, and I'm hard-pressed. I really would like to be with the Lord. Paul wrote this in Philippians 2, 9 through 11. For this reason also, God highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. You're looking at the screen, you're looking at those verses as they're translated in the New American Standard, you see all caps, every knee will bow. 
That's not because we're yelling those words. It's because those are from the Old Testament. Those are specifically from Isaiah 45, 23, which is a promise of the, at that time, way yet future, still future to us, the kingdom of God on earth, the kingdom of heaven on earth. Every knee will bow. So look at it again. So the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In other words, those that will have already been with the Lord, those who will come from the grave, those who are dead now. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The question is not whether Jesus is Lord. He is. Jesus is Lord. The question is not whether you will confess that Jesus is Lord. There's no question about that. You will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's not a question about whether He's Lord, and it's not a question about whether you will admit He is Lord. The only question is the timing. You will either do it now in this life and be saved, or you will wait until you stand before Him in judgment and you are forced to acknowledge that you are justly, righteously, deservedly headed to the lake of fire. To be a Christian means Jesus is your Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? That's what, that's what His people do. But then don't do what I say. He is your Lord. And if He's your Lord, that means you will want to obey Him. You will want to be faithful to Him above all else. It doesn't mean you won't be tempted. It doesn't mean you won't stumble. It doesn't mean that your obedience before you are resurrected will be perfect. But if you don't live in such a way that it's obvious that you love Jesus and you hate sin, then our text would say your faith is really suspect. What is most important to you? You are, if you're not wanting to be faithful, if you're not wanting to follow the Lord, then you are either a child of the king who is in rebellion And I would have to warn you, He chastens those whom He loves. He chastens those who are His children. You don't want that. Or if you're living as if He's not important to you, maybe you're not His child at all. Maybe you're a pretender. Maybe you're one of those that is a a fool, that is deceived, that is still in your sins. Don't be that. Jesus told us what He wants. And in our society, it's tragically easy for Christianity to become a a watered-down, worldly, pseudo-Christianity. But Jesus told us the things He blesses, those famous beatitudes or blessings. One of them is this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, blessed, holy, saved, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied. Well, how do you know if you hunger and thirst for the right things? It's appropriate, looking at 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19, to ask yourself some questions. 
Maybe in the spirit of 2 Corinthians 13.5 that says, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Ask yourself some questions. Are you satisfied with yourself? You think, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, 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 I'm handling this. Ask yourself, do you hate the sin that keeps bubbling up from within you in the manner that Paul describes in Romans 7? Wretched man that I am. The great apostle Paul is the one that said, I keep doing the things I don't want to do. I keep failing to do the things that I want to do. It's, it's sin that is in me, wretched man that I am. Do you feel that way? Does, does anything external in this world satisfy you? Do you long after things? Do you, do you live as if achieving the next financial goal or getting the next doodad or the next trip or whatever it is, that that's going to make you complete? Are you hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Do you have a, a steady appetite for the Word of God? The one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness always finds spiritual food in God's Word, always finds it attractive. It's even attractive when the Word of God does that surgical attack on your sin, and sometimes that stings, but it's still the desire for the right thing. Are the things of God sweet to you? Do you yearn for the fellowship with, others, with other believers? Do you do you love to serve side by side with others that belong to the king? Well, how do you do when you ask yourself things like that? Sometimes it's kind of my job to make you miserable if you don't love the right things. What do they say that a, a good servant always comforts the afflicted and it afflicts the comfortable? This isn't a passage to make you comfortable. This is a passage to make you holy, to make you love the right things. Hunger and thirst for righteousness because Christ is risen. Call out to God to give you the desire for the best things that He has for you. What if there's no resurrection? You're in a mess. And we're wasting our time. But He is risen from the dead according to the Scriptures. And let's pray. Father, we, we do call out to You. Give us that hunger and thirst for the right things. Give us that desire above all for You to be glorified in our lives. Father, You know every heart that has gathered around these screens this morning. You know every need of all of our hearts. You know our needs before we ask. Where there is sin that needs to be turned from, expose it, we pray. Bring conviction as needed. But along with that, pour out your grace that we might understand that we have an advocate before you, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, we trust in Him and we thank Him for atoning for our sins and for hearing our prayers and forgiving us and cleansing us from all unrighteousness in, a, in, a, in an everyday kind of way. And whatever You would do for us and through us, 
We pray you will do it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.